Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow. I am so happy you decided to take the time to listen to this podcast. Now, go and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to Voice for Victims podcast with your host, Crystal Starnes. Tonight, we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Elaine Ballas, and she is an actress, director, and producer known for the rich and the fame, or not rich and famous, I'm sorry, the rich and the ruthless, misadventures of Campy Lane, love without hairs, and she's a very smart, intelligent, beautiful lady that also has a passion for helping others in the community. She stands up for what is right, and she's always out there serving. Let's welcome Elaine Ballas to the show. Hello, Elaine. How are you? Hello, Crystal. How are you? I am good. I'm excited that you're on the show tonight. So am I. I was waiting for this for a long time. Well, it seemed like forever anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it does seem like forever, but I was so I am so impressed with all that you do and your artwork and your horses and your family and your travels and oh my goodness, I couldn't I was just exhausted reading everything that you're doing. Oh, thank you. It it is exhausting at times, but you know, I just try to keep up with it as much as I can. Well, I know that um you're going to be in California soon and you out, you were asking me the other day, "Well, what's the weather like?" And I go, "Well, it's warm during the day. It got up in the 90s. I think it was 92 or 94 today, and then it'll probably just cool right down." So, just bring everything. That's what I say. When you're coming to California, okay. bring everything because you never know. Or at least bring a credit card so you can go shopping. You know, one or the other. Right. Yep. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> you know, just yeah, bring I everything always, or bring a credit card. Right. Yeah. There's lots of shopping out there. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of shopping. And the other thing is I remember one time I was going to Europe and I realized when I got to Europe, I literally had, like, nine pairs of black shoes. You know, it was like, do you really need nine pair of black shoes, you know, to go with, like, pants or dresses or skirts or pantsuits or casual or whatever. So I think now I just don't travel because I don't have nine pair of shoes that I would take. <laughs> right. <laughs> So how is your weather back east? Oh, today it's been, like, rainy. Um, You know, it was nice earlier, but then it rained, and, you know, tonight it's kind of raining a little bit. So it's, like, nice during the day usually other than the rain, but it'll be, like, warm, but then it's cooler in the evenings. So it's um, probably similar to yours. is Is today the first day of fall or is that tomorrow? No, today is um, the first day of fall, right? The twenty second. Um, so. 
29th? Yeah. I don't know. Some One of those days, it started as the first day of fall. So I think the weather just, it's like holding on to um, summer as long as it can, and then it'll go by October. But you know what I think the problem is at this time of year? You start getting stuff in the stores for Halloween, which I get, which is fun. But then they also have Thanksgiving and Christmas. I've already seen Christmas in the stores. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, can't we just get one holiday at a time? These are like my favorite holidays. Yeah, that's holidays. how it is here. <laughs> right. We saw Christmas in our stores here already. I couldn't believe it. I know. I freaked out. I went, wait a minute. It's, you know, it's still September. Why do they have Christmas in September? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I think they should have. I don't either. Like, you know, and, and the holiday I feel most sorry for is Thanksgiving. And that's my favorite food holiday because I love the um, the turkey and the cranberries and the sweet potatoes and yams with the marshmallows and all that good stuff and the pecan pie and pumpkin and everything. And it just sort of gets pushed aside. You know, it's squeezed out, so to speak. Mhm. So yeah, I, Thanksgiving's um, my favorite one too. <laughs> you know, and it just—I think—I think we should do um, a real like push for Thanksgiving. You know, I think mm-hmm. Halloween is so much fun. I think Hall- Halloween should be every day because you should be able to dress up in anything you want and eat candy. I mean, that's perfect. You know, and then Christmas right. is so beautiful and a beautiful time of year and everything to enjoy. And I do agree that Christmas should run into New Year's. You know, it should it should definitely go into the new year and just be there for a while. But if I start seeing Valentine's stuff in the store next week, I will lose it, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, please. <laughs> I hope they don't do you that. Know, you know, please, no. And so, anyway... Well, you'll be really excited to know on one of my passionate things that I do in the community is I get food for some of the less fortunate people. They're not homeless. They do have homes, but maybe somewhat homebound or, you know, financially strapped. But I think everyone is financially strapped with the cost of food these days. And I really contacted the city and the city officials and said, look, there's got to be more that you can do. So my pet peeve right now is um, there are three Amazon warehouses up here, and I told them that when dealing with 5013Cs, that because Amazon is so prominent up here and there are our whole food markets up here, I believe that they should go to Amazon and Whole Foods. And I know Whole Foods gives to 5013Cs. So I said that the city should do everything they could to go after Amazon to give them um, food for the elderly or the homebound or, you know, the less fortunate. So that was my big project today. That's wonderful what you're doing. I think it's amazing that you're helping out the hungry and the homeless. 
Do they, um, well, it's, like, can you tell a little bit about, like, how that works out there? Well, what happened was apparently there are, which I don't know about, but I did call one of the council members today, and she promised to give me a card that has a website with all the services that are offered. And I know people have been going to city council meetings. I've been fighting for people at city council for about seven or eight years now. And um, I think it's eight. (laughs) And they, I feel like half the time they don't even listen. But we keep going and figure if anything gets through, even by osmosis, it's good enough. But I really took advantage of something that really actually wasn't even in my my city, but during COVID, um, there were a lot of older people who were afraid to go out and really couldn't afford all those delivery services like Hub Grub and a couple others. And I found out about a place that um, a food bank that was giving out food. So I went and got it for about five families, you know, adults that were kind of homebound or couldn't really get out or were afraid to get out or whatever. And I went and I would go every week and I would pick up boxes of food and then come home and sort the boxes to, you know, make sure that everybody had something and trying to remember what everybody liked or didn't like or was allergic to was the biggest challenge. And I did it for the entire time of COVID. And then once COVID was pretty much over, it got to be a burden just to drive so far all the time. And then gas went through the roof. So it was like, you know, I don't know that I could do this every week now. And so um, I started cutting back a little bit. And I said, you know, there really should be programs up in our area where we live. And so I talked to different council members and people at the city, and they said, oh, we do have these programs. The problem is that some of the pantries that were open were open at either strange hours or whatever. But I made it a point, and I will continue. There's one pantry left to try. But um, I made it a point to go to all of them. And one was not bad. They asked for only a $5 donation, and they gave you about three boxes of food, I think it was. And they said, oh, and everybody gets eggs and milk. Well, the milk you couldn't really split up, but sometimes they gave you more than one carton. So some people didn't really like the milk, so that was okay. And the eggs I could kind of split up amongst different, you know, people. And then I went and it was like 113 degrees or something here during the summer. And I went on a day that was mainly for um, the earlier part of the day was for senior citizens, and the later part was for anybody in the community. And they had a sign. They said, well, it's $10 now. It used to be 5 And I went, 10 Are you kidding me? You know, and I thought $30, you know, to get for at least three families or adults. I go, that's ridiculous. And so I called the city and kind of protested, and um, they said they would get back to me. And they finally did get back to me today, and they told me that the owner, the CEO of 
that place is not in the country very often, and so he decided to pull his 5013C from the task force of helping homeless or, you know, the less fortunate as far as food. And I said, well, no wonder they raised their rates because now they're paying for his fuel to, you know, travel so much. (laughs) And so they said, yeah, maybe that's it. But um, I didn't think that was fair. So they gave me one other pantry, which I will try next week and see, you know, what they have to offer And if not, then I'm going to start something that they are going to have to, like, go to different people, different maybe small businesses or businesses that are 5013Cs, and I'm just going to ask them to, you know, do their due diligence. And I'll pick up the food for some of the people, but that they're going to have to use their 5013Cs to get food and reach out to the community because, I think it's more important that each of us reaches out to his or her own community in that way you're kind of looking after the people. It's more of a human, you know, touch and less government involvement, (laughs) which I think is a good thing. I think if people could help other people that it's a much better way than to bring in total strangers or government people knowing all your business, you know. So that's my goal. Well, I agree um, with you about that. I think that that they should, you know, keep the government out of it as much as possible. I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, what I don't understand is the the guy is he he lives in another country, but he has a five hundred one three C over here. Well, apparently, um, I don't know much about him or what he does. I asked, and they said they didn't really know either, and that he's very difficult to get a hold of. So I don't know what kind of businesses he has or where he, but he doesn't live. I guess maybe his permanent residency is here because you can only have one permanent residency, and maybe he just owns property in other countries. I don't I don't even know what countries he's in. Oh, wow. I know. And he just has people kind of, I don't know, running amok. I don't think he's paying close attention to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm more of a hands-on kind of person. If it's my thing and my name's on it, I want to be involved. Yeah, you're doing a good job on you know, going out in there and serving the community and helping people in need. I think that's awesome. I think it's so much better because it's, you know, that way and the people feel more, you know, there's more accountability, I think. It was like even during COVID, a friend of mine who, she was, she has a 5013C and she does, she literally feeds the streets, you know, feed people on the streets and she's more towards Venice that that area of you know the beach area there and she literally goes to different places and gets water and you know gets some water and food and socks and different things like that and um 
even she said, you know, I think I need some accountability to someone. So I would call her every week and go, okay, what are you doing? How are you doing? You know, you have to check in. <laughs> so I think that right. that's the buddy system, as they call it. I think that that's a really good system to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because especially in California, everything is so far apart, you know. I mean, everything is we have everything we have the mountains we have the beaches we have everything but um the desert uh but everybody lives so far away and it's just people are tired of driving and i don't know ever since covid it seems like people forgot how to drive (laughs) and they're all over the road and so i think at least a phone call. I mean, you could text, but I think when you absolutely have to talk to someone and hear someone's voice, you can hear so much more in a voice than a text. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. never know, you know. And also with text, I don't know about you, but I'm so technically challenged. And then if there's autocorrect on your phone, God only knows what the message is saying, you know. So I just, mm-hmm. I think calling is always a good thing so I love to call (laughs) and if they don't answer I'll call a hundred more times till they pick up the phone I tell people to go Elaine did you really need to call that much and I go you know had you picked up on the first call the other 99 wouldn't have happened (laughs) so let that be a lesson to everybody you know try and pick up on the first call or return it or something because then you'll save yourself 99 more calls. Right. That's what I tell them, you know. Well, one of the things um, that you were talking about, like, the other day, about your mom was in a home, right? Yes. Oh. Did you want to touch on that at all? Well, I'm afraid, you know, honestly – I guess there is good to them. I had nothing but negative experiences with um, a home. And I found that, I don't know, I'm afraid to say too much, only in that I could be held liable. But for what I saw and what they charge and how they treat their patients, I don't believe, you know, that, A, it's worth all the money, but sometimes you're stuck. You have to do it. But I think that that, that's one area I do believe there should be more government regulation because it seems to me that I don't know if people in government are, are so hardened to what goes on or they're overwhelmed, overworked, or whatever, but it seems that maybe government regulation is the wrong word, accountability to somebody or something, you know. There doesn't seem to be any accountability. And it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if it's to the patient, to the family, or what. And they just do what they have to do, I guess. Their only accountability is to be certified, by the government, and I guess the government is just too overwhelmed to worry about it or whatever, but between the insurance companies and the government, I don't 
feel that the patients are getting the best service they should be getting for their money. And that's my opinion because I just found it horrific. And I Mm -hmm. had friends who had warned me and whatnot, and I moved actually up to where I'm living to take care of my mother, and her friends, whatever, convinced her she would be better off in a home, and I just saw the deterioration immediately. And part of it is they don't want the responsibility because oftentimes, and this is one thing I really will stress to people, is no matter how old you are or how sick or whatever, the best thing you can do is keep moving because what happens in this, I saw this time and time again in homes, is that um, if the patient is falling they don't want the responsibility of the patient falling, and what happens is they then put the patient into a wheelchair, and then all their muscles start atrophying. And your brain is a muscle, too. You know, your heart's a muscle. And when all the muscles start atrophying, that's when you have real problems. And, you know, I don't claim to know enough about Alzheimer's or dementia, but I really believe that if people were exercising more and getting more, you know, healthy food and nutritious food and sunshine and exercise, that they would be doing a lot better. And I realize maybe back east it's a little bit harder, you know, but in California, there's no reason for the patients not to be outside more and getting real vitamin D as opposed to a supplement, and I don't even know that they're getting that much of a supplement. You know, um, they are given their medications, and I don't know what supplements they give them or are allowed to give them or allow them to take. But it's very, I think homes are just, it's a personal thing, and it's a tragic thing when it comes to that period of one's life. It's just, so sad and whatever you can do um, to prevent it I would say do that but if you absolutely can't prevent it and you absolutely need the help and there's nothing more you could do than then you you know you have to but I think oftentimes if a patient could stay in his or her own home and just have you know the care there they're at least in a familiar environment and it's more of a one-on-one type of um, health care that I think is more conducive to one's maybe end-of-life experience or whatever. And I just, I have really no good experiences to speak of with a home. You know, the yes. between the administration and the health care that they're given and what they go through and listening to the patients. When I would be there visiting my mom and and seeing that um, they were there, and, I mean, I want to make perfectly clear I was not the one to put my mom in a home. I just said, no, you know, I think you should remain here, and if we need more help, we'll get more help. But her friends had convinced her, and, 
her mind was set up and she was still of sound mind, so she went and did it herself, you know, and got in. And I just, yeah, I'd go visit her, I'd tell her, Mom, you can still come home, we can get, you know, around the clock health care for you, but she always kind of wanted to stay, and then about two days before she had passed, she said, I think I want to come home, and so I don't know if she knew what was happening or what, but I couldn't get her out at that point, so because I didn't want her going in, so she got another family member to become her conservator. So there was nothing I could do. Oh, I'm sorry you went through that. Yeah, so I have nothing good to say about them. <laughs> I hope not one of them is your sponsor. <laughs> no. Well, let's. We'll, I guess we'll just talk about some positive stuff now. Let's talk about what you're doing now with some of your movies. If you well, want to touch on that. Um, right. We'll talk about the happy stuff now, the fun stuff. Um, the fun stuff is um, my movie, uh, Dracula, Bride of Horror, is out, and um, it's on Vimeo, and they can buy uh, DVDs of it. They can watch it. They can rent it, whatever they want to do. And it's, believe it or not, even though it's a horror flick, it's got some political overtones of what goes on in the world and politics and whatnot. But I always joke and I go, well, I only do Dracula movies because the other Dracula movie was Dracula Did and Loving It, which was a comedy by Mel Brooks. So I said, I only do Dracula you know, but Mel does both because he did Young Frankenstein and Dracula did and loving it. But I haven't done any of the Frankenstein ones yet. <laughs> so maybe that's yet to come. And then also um, The Rich and the Ruthless, which you had mentioned at the top of the show, um, that's on BET Plus, and that's just so much fun. I wish that show continue on forever, but um, it ran four seasons, and I keep trying to get Victoria Rowell, who created, produced, directed it, and starred in it, um, to do like a family reunion, because we really were a family on that show. It was one of the best sets ever, and we all just loved each other, and the first year, people would show up, and we go, oh, I didn't know you were working today, and you'd say, Oh, I'm not. I'm just here <laughs> hanging out. So, I mean, that's how close we all were, you know. Then the second year, um, it was still like that. By the third and fourth year, the third year was somewhere else. The fourth year, it was COVID, and so nobody could get on the set. If you weren't working that day because of COVID restrictions, you couldn't get on. And so that was really sad because we were all so close that – you know, we didn't get to see each other all the time. And, you know, some days if we weren't working with the person, you know, then we just never got to see that person. And so I miss that. And I keep trying to get her to do at least a family reunion. I go, come on, our families, you know, even though the scripts make us look like we're dysfunctional, we were all so close. We have to have a family reunion. But... 
she's not listening. <laughs> so, Victoria, if you hear this, we want a family reunion. And then um, I'm supposed to be doing, hopefully very soon, um, the Misadventures of Campy Lane. And I just love that because it's really like life imitating art because all the things that happen people never believe happen to me, and it's just what happens in this character. And so she's always at the wrong place at the right time or something. <laughs> so that one's really, really fun. And then after um, all the promotion and everything for the Dracula uh, Bride of Horror film is over, the director is looking to do some other. He's got a couple other scripts that he's going to be doing. So... I think I'll get to work with some more of those people again, which was really fun. And we had a great time. And so we're going to, you know, probably go in that direction. And he's got, like, two scripts that he's got. So that's kind of fun. And I'm just open, as a friend of mine said, I'm a wide receiver now. I'm open to anything, any of the blessings that are bestowed upon me. So I'm here to receive. (laughs) That's awesome. You're doing a lot of great things. I actually watched the, um, I think it was the trailer on the Camp Elaine one. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love that. It's just, it's just so much fun because it's so me. I mean, it's exactly what happens in my life, I think. And I had sketched out about 10 different episodes of different things. And one of the fun things is, having gone to city council meetings for so long. And once in a while you get some real characters there. So everything everyone's ever said about city council is somewhat true. And one time I came home and I was laughing so hard telling the people the stories. They go, gosh, you've got to write it down. I go, every week is a new episode. I think I'm just going to do an episode and call it city council. And the thing that I learned about city council is they really, they can answer, but they don't. And they just kind of sit there and go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then just wait for your three minutes to be up and try not to break up laughing. You know, like there was one person who just was, it was so funny, who just was just out there and they just had everything they could do to keep from laughing you know, because the rest of us were laughing hysterically. Oh, I know. This guy was very similar to the character John Lovitz played in Saturday Night Live, and he came up, and the first thing he did was the first time he said something, he said, oh, well, that's my property. And so all of us kind of were attentive, going, hmm, that's his property? Why are they doing it? Well, there were about 10 items on the agenda, I think, and everyone was, well, you can't do that. That's my property. By, like, the second or third one, we were all laughing so hard. We were crying, you know. And and we would look at city council, and they couldn't laugh or anything. And they would try and avert their eyes not to, you know, look at him because they didn't want to start laughing. But he kept saying, no, that's my property. That's my property. Well, so-and-so gave me that property, and the person had been dead perhaps, a hundred years prior, <laughs> but he gave him the property, and I thought that was a, just a brilliant episode, so I jotted that one down. I thought, oh, this is really funny, and I think one of the funniest ones was one time someone 
and she was a great comic. I don't even remember her name, but she was a great comic, and she got up there, and she felt that the city council should do something about McDonald's reinstating the McRib sandwich because it was a great hardship. (laughs) So once in a while you get some good things, and then it turned out she was a stand-up, and it got all kinds of press. So our city got written up or talked up or whatever, you know, and I guess it went on YouTube and like a viral video. So there are lots of funny things, and there's always something that's going to happen at the um, DMV, so we got that one, and and then when the police are directing traffic and people don't quite get where they're going or where they should be going, so that was another episode that I thought was really kind of funny. You know, it's like next thing you know, it's the Keystone cops running into each other, you know. Mm -hmm. So I've been kind of having fun with that one, too. And um, otherwise, what else? Just my diva dog, Mika, who's so sweet, but she loves going um, shopping because I always put her in the shopping cart with her pillow. And she thinks she's riding on a float in a parade and she stands up and kind of waves to people and, you know, stuff like that. So she has a good time. Aw, so that's everyone your puppy. She's definitely, yeah, she's, everyone says she's definitely your dog. <laughs> she's just such a ham. And the cute thing about it is whenever um, I have to do a selfie audition, I um, set up the camera and she knows the camera's being set up and then she'll just tug on the clothes See, she doesn't see the camera, so she's kind of sleeping now. But otherwise, she'd be tugging on my clothes and going, until I pick her up and then put her on camera, and then she's happy. So if anyone has a diva dog, I totally relate. (laughs) Well, she's cute. Oh, thank you. So when you're canceling, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Do do your horses ever do that? Like, do they know if they're being photographed or anything? Oh, yes. Yeah. We, the one horse um, that we have, he actually will smile for the camera. Like, I mean, not all the time, but we can get him to smile. So I've gotten a couple pictures with him doing that. And then, like, he'll, they always look, you know. They know whenever it's photo time. See, animals are so smart, and people just don't give them enough credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think animals are so smart, and, you know, and they're so in tune. And, and the funny thing about animals, I find, is that they can't really verbally communicate, but they can communicate with you. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they communicate, and... So you know what they want and what they don't want and what they like and don't like. And I think they're just amazing. I think if we just be more like animals, we'd all be all right. (laughs) Right. And they're also very forgiving. You know, I think that they're very forgiving. At least Mm -hmm. dogs are, I think. Yes, they are. um, You know, they'll, they'll forgive you and... Just show them love. That's all they care about. Love and food. <laughs> yep. They're easy. That's all love I are. And food. Yeah. That's all that matters. Is there anything that else that you, right, 
Is there anything else that you want to tell the audience about um, what you're doing? Well, right now I'm just really kind of busy with that and um, just, you know, the um, the movie, which I'm really excited about, which came out this, you know, in September, and then hopefully by October, November, there are going to be lots of surprises. Oh, there was one thing that was really exciting. Unfortunately, I can't talk about it just yet, but this was the most fun. Um, A few weeks ago, I got to do a music video with an artist that um, it should be coming out, I think, in a couple weeks. And anyway, the best part about it was the actors were either from Second City, Chicago, which is an amazing um, troupe, or they were already in Saturday Night Live. And a lot of the original members from Saturday Night Live came from Second City in Chicago. And I think there's a Second City in Toronto, I want to say, but somewhere in Canada. And they came from that. So that was so exciting to work with some members of that troupe and Saturday Night Live. So that was very special because I think they're just also great. So that one's really fun. And there's supposed to be a couple of things coming up in October, November, early December, and then everything shuts down really till January. And so um, I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens, you know. And I might be doing some um, autograph shows this year. If not, for sure, by next year I'm going to – get out there again and I also have my book if anybody wants to get a copy um, it's how to write a book campy lane style and it was with my other dog Oreo who was also in the movie and he passed a week after we finished shooting as a matter of fact they loved him so much they wrote a second part for him in the movie and unfortunately he didn't make it but I played his part (laughs) So that's, you know, it's 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 good and it's sad at the same time because seeing him, he was like my soulmate. And so I always say, just take good care of my heart, Oreo, because we'll see you again. You know, I'll, we'll see each other again, and I know you have my heart. And so um, it's, it's so kind of bittersweet. It'll be fun to see him in the movie and everything but it's also heartbreaking knowing that he can't go to the premiere or he couldn't go to um you know any of the screenings so that's kind of sad but once I get Meek into movies then she'll be going that's for sure and she'll want to be dressed up (laughs) I guess I'll be calling Bob Mackie do you make dog clothes (laughs) any dog gowns but um The book basically was, uh, at first it started off as a joke, and then when um, COVID hit and everybody was in, and you started hearing about history and then how they were rewriting history, and everything was being different, there was civil unrest, 
on top of COVID, <laughs> and I just decided to write the book to help people to write a band. Um, basically, it's just guiding them, being their guide and their cheerleader, to cheer them on to write down their story, their experiences, what they were going through or what they went through, and it's in their handwriting. That's the most important thing. It's not, you know, on a iPad or computer and then you print it out or anything like that. It's handwriting in their, with their hand on paper, their pen, pencil, crayon, whatever implement they want to use, and they, um, they're telling their truth. And to me, that's the most important thing because that way it's leaving a legacy for their you know, their family or friends or just in history in general of this is what went on during this period of time because the book will be there and if someone finds the book, even if it was just the person alone and someone finds the book and says, wow, this is what went on at that period of time. And so I want everyone to have a legacy, and I think this is the best way to have it, by writing it yourself, and I'm there just to cheer you on and be your cheerleader. And you can, you know, post where or how they can get the book, um, and also they can reach out to me if they want on Facebook, and they can message me or whatever if they're interested in getting the book on Twitter at... Instagram, any of any of the following, and it's all at Elaine Ballas, E-L-A-I-N-E, B as in boy, A-double-L-A-C-E, and they can just reach out, and the book will be autographed and sent to them, and um, I will give them all the fees and everything for the book, and I, I haven't sent any internationally yet, so I don't know what postages for international, but I have all the rates and everything of the postage in the book, and if they want it just domestically here in the United States, they can reach out to me, and I will give them the price and everything. Yeah, I would love a copy, too, so I would, I'd buy one off of you. <laughs> I'd be interested Well, I think we can arrange it, and you can save the postage, um, when you come to California and we meet live and in person. Right, I know. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Yes, I But like agree. I said, either bring everything or just a credit card and go shopping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's California. I usually always pack know? everything for the most part, other than I don't usually pack boots because, I mean, I doubt you guys will have snow, but... Um, I try to pack you know, like long pants. We don't have snow. I think it snowed once or twice, you know, but um, for the most part, no snow, maybe rain boots, um, you know, comfortable walking shoes, tennis shoes, whatever. Um, you never know. You might even want flip-flops at maybe 100 one day when you're out here. You never know, you know. Right. That's. That's the one good thing about L.A. It's like you used to be able to count on the weather, but now it's like anything goes. So, you know, mix, match, and enjoy. 
That's what I say. Just mix, match, and enjoy. Or mismatch, yep. you know, one or the other. <laughs> mix, mix, you know, anything. It, it, it's all acceptable here. I mean, I think that's the one good thing about I listen to people complain about California and Los Angeles and everything and the traffic, and the traffic is horrific, but I'm beginning to think traffic is horrific everywhere, you know. And we used to have the best drivers, but now ever since COVID, I don't think anyone has good drivers. But the thing that I think is most acceptable and what I love most about California and Los Angeles is Nobody really cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you just do whatever you want, and, you know, it's really pretty much your business. People aren't really into your business that much, and I think that's wonderful. I just, you know, just do your thing and don't pass judgment. I agree. And I know so that's that one what I love about. <laughs> right. Yeah, they just really don't care. And it's like when people go, oh, this is, I go, listen. Trust me, nobody cares. <laughs> it's not that they don't care about you, but they just, you know, it's like each person has his or her own thing going on anyway. So it's like, and your point is, you know, I mean, that's kind of what they say. It's like, and, you know, what are you trying to do here? And it's like, oh, okay, I get it, you know. And um, I just tell my dog if she misbehaves, I go, that's not the way a star behaves. Now stop. Nobody cares. (laughs) And then she kind of looks at me. I go, that's not the way a star behaves. So just, you know, calm down. Nobody cares. And she looks at me like, what do you mean? (laughs) They're all supposed to be looking at me. So, you know, that's the other good thing about animals is they just, you can be as crazy as you want and they just love you and accept you. Sometimes I think it's better to be you know, just as silly and crazy as you want, and they just go, oh, competition here. <laughs> yeah. She's not exactly. <laughs> Right. You know, it's like, and um, the only thing I can say is she loves feathers, and I had some feathered boas. Well, at one point I had feathered boas, and she just tore the feathers apart and made a beautiful little feathered bed for herself. <laughs> It's like, well, so much for those boas. <laughs> but luckily it's like the Halloween season, so I can buy more boas. But I just don't want her to swallow a, a feather, so I just threw them all away. But I'll get uh-huh. more fun boas, you know. Mm-hmm. That will be fun. But y'all have a great time in Los Angeles. Well, thank you. I can't, I can't wait. To see you live and in person. I know. I'm looking forward to it. So I talk to you on yeah, the and phone, and I want to be. So I'm excited. Oh, I know. And your daughter's going to be in the fashion show. Is she excited to come to? Has she ever been to California? No, she's never been out there. So yeah, she's excited. <laughs> oh, good. Well, just tell her to make sure her phone is charged so she can take lots of pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm bring sure an extra charger, that's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always do. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on, and um, I loved having you. You're an amazing woman and lady, and you're doing amazing things. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased to be on, and 
when we first met, I felt like I knew you forever, like we're sisters. And then when I see your pictures, I go, I know we're sisters. <laughs> I know we're <laughs> sisters. And then when I meet you live, I will make sure that I have a book for you. Oh, well, thank you. You will love it. You will love the I'm book. Sure. It's very cute. And it has cute oh, pictures of Oreo in it, so you'll like that. Mhm. Yeah, I'm sure I you'll will. You'll like that. And then He's cute. My next book will have, he was. He was so good looking, and people just loved him. And I did notice a difference, though, in species as far as and genders, as far as um, the way my animals are. It's like my boy dogs were could have cared less. They knew that they were stars and everyone should come to them. Whereas Mika is more like I am. You like me? You really like me? <laughs> you know? And she's just as friendly and smiley to everybody, you know? And the boy dogs is like, oh, you want to pet me? Well, come over here and pet me. I'm not coming to you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I think that's pretty indicative of life because when I would take Oreo shopping with me, he would just lay in the cart and that would be it you know she wants to see everything and everybody you know doesn't want to miss a thing and he just want he just wanted everyone to come to him so (laughs) that was the one thing I did learn about you know in gender the difference in gender at least Mm -hmm. with my dogs (laughs) yeah that was interesting is it the same way with horses or um I'm not really sure with horses, but I know, like, with my dogs, they're they're opposites. Like, the female is different mm-hmm. than the male, you know. Right. So, yeah. I, I'm sure it is, though. I mean, we just got we just got a female horse. I just bought one for my daughter um, last Saturday. So it'll be interesting because I haven't really been around the female horses too much because the one horse my daughter was leasing was a male, and then the other one we own is a male. So it'll be interesting to see the change, you know, with the second one. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it would be interesting too, you know, because I didn't realize that I never had a female dog until Mika, and you know, the boy dogs pretty much there's a similarity that runs through them, you know. So, mm-hmm. and I think all males, it's just the male thing that they just hate going shopping. <laughs> it's like, oh, leave me alone. Do I have to go, you know? So um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. You learn a lot. You can learn a lot from animals, and I think that's oh, yeah. a good thing. Oh, yeah. Yes, I agree. It's a good thing. And you also become calmer, I think. They, they definitely mm-hmm. make you calmer. So yeah. a shout-out to animals. <laughs> right. Loving animals. They're so great. I, I just adore them. Yeah, and they're, they're super, super, too. super. Oh, yeah. Well, I just had the best time with you. You're so wonderful. I've so enjoyed this. Thank you. Same with you. And if there's any um, information, if you want to give out your contact information for people to find you, you can do that right now if you want. Um. Right, yeah, it's really just Elaine Ballas, and they could find me on Twitter, at Elaine Ballas, at Instagram, at Elaine Ballas, and Facebook, at Elaine Ballas, so they can reach me on any social media platform. 
almost. I'm I'm on other people's TikToks, but I don't have my own TikTok. I can barely get through these. <laughs> it's a real juggling <laughs> act here. You know, I'm just not that tech savvy. Some people are so good at it and doing selfies and other stuff, but I'm not that that tech savvy. So like, the oh, um, one more question I had. The Dracula movie, when is it supposed to come out? It's out now. Um, it's on Vimeo and DVDs and I guess whatever other kind of streaming platforms there are. Let's see. I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime or not. Or is Spotify, is that just music or is that also? I think it's music. Um it's just music? Okay, then. It's on... I, I know think. It's on I don't streaming. know. <laughs> oh. Um, you're about as tech-savvy as I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, this is so funny. Two blondes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's released through um, Scream Time, and they've been releasing horror movies for like 30 years or something. So it's released through screen time, and I believe they just said it's on all the media platforms, the streaming platforms, and I know that it's on Vimeo for sure because I spoke to the director today, and I go, I want to be able to tell them the right things. And he goes, oh, it's just out there. It's it's Dracula, you know, Bride of Horror. And I went, okay. So that's all I really know. It's Dracula Bride of Horror. It's on Vimeo, and it's streaming somewhere. And it's also, um, it's they could also buy a copy of, you know, a DVD. So okay. if they buy it and they come to an autograph show, I'll be happy to sign it for them. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. I loved having you. And, um I guess, you know, continue what you're doing and keep serving. And even if there are issues, keep standing up, you know, for any wrongdoing, because I totally believe in that. Because I look at it like this, the elderly. Um, You know, one day we're going to get there, you know what I mean? And if we can advocate for that now, then maybe it'll be changed by the time that we're there. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, I like to hope and dream that, you know, maybe one day, you know, if nothing else, as they always say, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I think what I would like it to be is she tried. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She really tried. That's it, you know. Um, There are movies, there are TV shows, there are, you know, streaming platforms and YouTube and everything else. But when all is said and done, you hope that your legacy is that you really tried to reach as many people as possible and to do as good a job as possible, you know. And I think that's all you can ask for. Yes, I agree with that. I I wholeheartedly believe that we're all here to do something to have a legacy, and, and I think what you're doing is – you're serving and you're helping that out there, and I, I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and hopefully it'll make a difference. If not today, maybe tomorrow. You know. 
Right. So that would be really good. Well, thank you for having me, and I can't wait to see you live and in person. Right. Same here. Well, I hope you have a good night, and I hope everybody out there that's listening tonight has a wonderful night and and always stand up for what is right and go do something good for someone else um, in the community and yourself. Don't ever forget about taking care of yourself as well. I hope everyone has a good night tonight. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Jewelry to fit every budget, occasion, and taste. Bring sparkle to everyday life. Accessories with soul and style. Go to www.blingisticstar.com. Again, www.blingisticstar.com and check out the new trends. Hello, Voice for Victim podcast wants you. Voice for Victims podcast is dedicated to educating the community about various aspects of victimization and giving victims an opportunity to speak up. Currently, the podcast is heard nationally on Thursday nights. It is carried on Blog Talk, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, and Apple. If you support what Voice for Victims is doing, please contact voiceforvictimspodcast.com and a representative will contact you with further details. Thanks for listening and your support. Voice for Victims Podcast is here to serve the community. If you are a victim, survivor, advocate, legal expert, educator, then this show is for you. Go to Voice for Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow by Crystal Starnes. Always stand up and make a difference for yourself or someone else. Don't ever suffer in silence. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.